Welcome to IVCC's podcast. My name is Crystal Crady, the Student Services Administrative Assistant. Today we are going to discuss common college misconceptions and lingo. Today my guests are Grace McCormick, a freshman here at IVCC and a student worker in the Counseling Center. Say hi, Grace. Hi. We also have Colin Phelps here with us. He's a sophomore at IVCC and a student ambassador. Hello. And then Quentin Overrocker. He is the Director of Admissions and Records and Transfer Services. Yeah, hey. So what I want, what I did is I asked for some feedback back at Spirit Day from students about questions that they have or topics that they might want covered. So one of the questions that I asked students were what is the difference between a drop and a withdrawal? Some students knew the difference, but overwhelmingly there is some confusion here. So Grace and Colin, do you happen to know what the difference is between a drop and a withdrawal? I don't. I, don't I do. Really bad for saying that because I work in the counseling center, but I don't know the difference. I can refer you to no. <laughs> uh, the difference between a drop and a withdrawal is a drop is before the withdrawal period. So if you drop a class before that period ends, it's like you never signed up for it. And then a withdrawal is after with the withdrawal period. So if you drop it then, you're withdrawing from the class and it'll show up on your transcripts that you took it and then gave up on it like halfway through or whenever you start. <laughs> yeah, so in the drop, you would get a refund and that's usually like a real brief time period at the mm -hmm. beginning of the Thanks, semester. Like two weeks. Yeah, it's like 10 days. 10 that... days for a full semester course, five days for a second, or a, uh, first eight weeks and second eight weeks course. Perfect, mm -hmm. and then with the withdrawal, you're correct, it'll show up as a W on your transcript. Um, a student did ask, though, will a withdrawal look bad on my transcript? So Quentin, would you weigh in on that? I will, so I actually have some personal experience with withdrawals on transcripts, but I'm gonna leave that out of this podcast. So um, this is a thing where if you're in a class and you're struggling and, and you just don't feel like you're doing so hot um, and you're worried about what that withdrawal will look like, if you have to withdraw from a class, you know, one or two throughout the course of your college career, that's perfectly normal, and it happens to a lot of students. Um, and in reality, when you're reviewing transcripts, you know, I used to work at a four-year university, um, and sometimes we review transcripts that come into our office. I would much rather see a withdrawal on a transcript than I would a student to submit a D or an F. Um, and what we're thinking when we see that is a lot of times we'll see, okay, the student was self-aware enough to know I'm really struggling here, I got off to a bad start, or whatever the situation is, if they have one or two withdrawals, that's quite all right. It's not gonna negatively impact you, um, again, if you only have one or two. How about a withdrawal? What's its effect on financial aid? Yeah, so that's a whole different story, but again, one or two withdrawals over the course of your college career, it's not gonna impact financial aid. However, what you do need to look out for is the way financial aid works is they look at satisfactory academic progress. And what that means is they're looking at how many courses did the student take, and of those courses, how many did they successfully complete? So an F or a W is not successfully completing the course. If you have quite a few of those, then you could actually lose your financial aid, you could be suspended from that, and that can just really negatively impact your financial, or your, your college career. And so, Again, one or two is okay, but if you have more than of all the classes you take, let's say you took 10 classes and you withdrew from three, 
then that's actually going to get you suspended from financial aid. So the magic number is 33%. If you keep it way under there, you're going to be all right. Okay. The next question I have, I'm going to start with Grace and Colin, and then if you guys don't know the answer, we'll have Quentin weigh in on this. Do students have to be enrolled full-time in order to receive financial aid? Ooh. <laughs> I want to say yes, but I don't believe so. I don't think they are, but I'm not sure. Quentin! Yeah, okay. <laughs> these, these two things are probably the easiest things to confuse, and I see it all the time, so nobody should ever feel bad about not knowing the difference between a dropper withdrawal or about the full-time, part-time with financial aid. So you can receive financial aid if you are below full-time. Full-time status means 12 credit hours per semester. If you have six credit hours per semester or more, so like six to 11, you're considered a part-time student. And in the eyes of financial aid, you're considered half-time. If you're half-time, you can still receive financial aid. The amount you'll receive is much less because it's dependent on how many credits you're taking. But you still can receive financial aid because the reality is a lot of our students are part-time students. They're working, they've got family, um, there are other things going on. And so it's, it kills me to see students who maybe are taking three classes for eight credit hours and they don't think they can receive financial aid. They absolutely can, so. Great. So another question that I posed to students was, does applying for graduation mean that I have to walk in the commencement ceremony? And there was some confusion there. So, Grace and Colin, what do you think? I think I should have studied for this. Class. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? I didn't get the study guide. For this I just want to make it to graduation. I'll find out if I walk. <laughs> uh, I don't believe so. I believe you can still apply for it without having to walk. Absolutely, it's not a requirement. So students do have to apply for graduation in order to have their degree or certificate posted to their academic records. So we will not auto award those. So they do have to fill out that graduation application, which is available online or in the counseling center. But they'll receive an invitation to walk in the commencement ceremony and that is their choice whether or not they participate in it, so. Hmm. So another topic of interest was the layout of the school. So does anybody have any any advice that they can give to students about the layout of the school? Okay, I, I can't help you find like <laughs> specifically where you're looking for, but I know what helped me is the day or a day or two before classes started, I actually took my schedule with me to the school and I went and I found all my classes ahead of time. So I knew where I was going because I, I get really freaked at well, I, not anymore, but I used to get really freaked out about being late to class. Uh, so I made sure that I knew where I was going and I kind of walked the layout of my schedule for a little bit. Uh, I know, like for me, I started a little late in the semester, so I didn't have that chance to like go ahead of time and check out where my classes were. So what I would do is I'd stop at the, the front desk where the guard sits and usually there's a guard or a student ambassador there and they have a map of the school and they have like all the different levels and they can either point it out to you on the map or they can have somebody walk you to the classroom you're trying to find. For me, once I figured this out, when I was a student here, this was the easiest way for me to remember where classes were. So if you have an A or a B building class, you walk towards the bookstore. And if it is a D or an E class, you walk through the student life space. So that for me 
was really beneficial. And then if it's in the CTC building, then it's it's not connected to any of that at all. It's gonna be by the information desk, that building area. So that to me was really helpful as a student. Quinn, do you have anything to add? The only thing I would add is what helped me when I was a student here and what I tell students now is, if you get lost, just keep going because you'll end up in the same place you were. Right? So it's, a, it's kind of a giant, not maybe a hexagon. And so don't worry about passing the same um, same place a couple times. You won't, hopefully you won't get lost. <laughs> One last tip is if you go out into the courtyard, so down by the cafeteria, all the buildings are number or lettered so you can figure out which building letter you need to get to as well. Absolutely. All right, so how about some studying tips? Do you have any tips, Colin or Grace, for students on how to better study or how to balance work and school? I think if anybody has any studying tips, I'd love to learn them. <laughs> <laughs> For work and life balance, though, I've always been someone who's been involved in a lot of extracurriculars, both just like all my whole life, really. So I've learned that um, it, when you get an assignment completed as soon as possible, and I know that I'm sure a lot of people have told you that you know since you started education, but take them seriously because I found it so much less stressful when I'm you know if I'm at school from eight in the morning until maybe nine o'clock at night. It's nice to know that I have all of my assignments and things that I'm required to do out of the way, so when I do have some free time, I can spend it de-stressing. <laughs> uh, I would say I, I tend to get to class like a half hour beforehand or maybe an hour. That way if I, because I like to procrastinate a lot. So, <laughs> so if I like didn't do yesterday's homework or assignment, I'll get ahead in that hour period I'll study, I'll do whatever I was missing out on like the night before, because <laughs> I like sleep. <laughs> but yeah, get the class like an hour beforehand or half an hour, whatever works for you, because not everybody's gonna be able to do that with their schedule. And then with like work and school, get as much sleep as you can, because I know people like to cut into sleep last second and then they're waking up late the next day for their class, they're not gonna make it for the test, you know, and it just stresses you out. So focus more on sleep, and then if you study like way beforehand, you're not worrying about that last second. Yeah, and I think for studying, I mean, if, like you said, do it way in advance, reread all the uh, chapters, yeah. any extra PDFs that the instructor might have assigned, um, and also Quizlets helped me a lot. Oh, yeah. I liked being able to, kind of change up how I was teaching myself, how I was learning the material, so I really did like Quizlet. Do you have anything to add? Um, I would defer to Crystal on all this because she's <laughs> the busiest person I've ever met with, with a family, with commuting to Illinois State, with working full-time here. So I would just treat whatever she said as gospel. <laughs> <laughs> and I love being organized. I may not know how to study, but I love being organized and like thinking I'm going to study. So <laughs> I can recommend getting a calendar and a planner so that even if you're not going to actually study, you can write down when you're supposed to so you can look at it so you know what's happening. Because yes. it's the worst when you get caught by surprise by a test. Like I have a Spanish test tomorrow I found out about today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare and write it all down so you know what's coming up. So do you, either of you, know where the Peer Tutoring Center is? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. I've been there several times. <laughs> Good. Mm. Where is it located? 
It's in the learning commons, but if you want direction, I mean, uh, it's going to be a lot of left and right. <laughs> it's D201, right? Yes. Um, I know I have to walk students down there sometime, but it's it's kind of in, it's in a court, it's kind of tucked yeah. away, but it's near the lecture hall, if you know where that is, it's down there. Um, Basically, if you walk through the student life space and you take the stairs down yeah, yeah. and then go left and follow it, it'll wind around a little bit. It's really close to the music room. So, yeah, D201 is the room. And there are signs everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you need an appointment? No. no. <laughs> That's correct. For more information about peer tutoring and actually the Writing Center as well, which are both right inside the learning commons yeah um i have podcasts on our channel so feel free to listen to those another topic of high interest to be discussed on the podcast is transferring so a two-year degree can take either more than two years or less than two years it just depends really on the student and how many credit hours they're taking per semester Plus, there are degree-specific requirements, and if you're planning on transferring, if you have a specific major, there's specific coursework you need. So since transferring is complex, and there are a lot of questions to address with that, <laughs> um, that will be a future podcast, so be ready for that. Please check out our SoundCloud channel for additional podcasts. We are now on Apple Podcasts as well. If you have any topic suggestions, feel free to send me an email at crystal underscore crady at ivcc.edu. Thank you so much for listening today, and thank you all for being here. No problem. <laughs> yeah, happy to be here.